Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of TechSpansive. I'm Sean Duberback from Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin at Reticle Research. This week, we are coming to you live from the metaverse. <laughs> Just kidding. Not yet. The pre-metaverse. Uh, pre maybe in yeah. the future, we will be coming to you live from the metaverse. Of course, uh, the news this week out of the company formerly called Facebook is that they are rebranding, renaming the company to uh, Meta, and everything will fall under that uh, umbrella company. Not unlike what we've seen from other companies. Google essentially rebranded as Alphabet, and everything falls under that broader umbrella and uh, and feeds that uh, larger company. So the company formerly called Facebook, now Meta, has done the same thing. It also coincides quite nicely with the fact that uh, Facebook is facing a number of major challenges and arguably their brand equity has declined significantly, even while the, the value of the company has not, uh, has not declined uh, to, the, to the same extent. So it probably makes a, a good time. And during the Facebook Connect online event this week, Facebook announced a absolute slew of new initiatives all falling under and ultimately feeding their ambitions for the meta. Yeah, this was a very different set of circumstances than we saw with uh, Google and Alphabet, although it's certainly to a broader trend not surprising that as these companies have entered so many different businesses, the parent brand has uh, changed. I, uh, I wonder, you know, thinking, thinking about which one might be next, uh, perhaps it would be Amazon, just in terms of a company that's in so many different businesses. But uh, there you kind of have a, a little bit of a challenge because, A, its flagship retail product is so, uh, so well known. Uh, but also Amazon, I think even from the beginning, was named what it was as this uh, idea of a, of a giant, uh, sprawling kind of environment. So uh, un unlike Facebook or, or perhaps Google, it, um, it, it, it's more appropriate. Uh, but nonetheless, very different circumstances around the change of, of company names for uh, Alphabet and Meta in that um, in, in Alphabet's case, the flagship brand Google uh, was uh, you know doing doing very well had uh, had very favorable public opinion this this all happened before a lot of the big tech backlash uh, on on uh, on the hill uh, and this was really meant to to cover a lot of the alternate bets that uh, Google at the time was taking uh, none of which were really expected to become the main focus of the business uh, here. You know, you've got a couple of big brands in terms of Facebook, Instagram, uh, and WhatsApp primarily. And uh, the meta name is really intended to signal something aspirational, something that represents the future of the company. Although it's not quite clear what combination of ingredients they have today goes into this new metaverse. Uh, certainly, what we understand as Oculus today will will play a, a big part. That that makes a lot of sense, and it's been interesting, I think, to see how 
Mark Zuckerberg's uh, feelings or, or thoughts on the potential of this have evolved since the early days of Oculus, where he would talk about it in the early days as uh, something that he thought had potential, had promise. And, and as the product has gotten better and more mainstream, even though sales volumes are still relatively low, he, uh, you know, he's embraced this as sort of the, the future of computing. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, as you say, Sean, you know, it's not just been the scrutiny, it's been uh, competition from, from Apple and Google. Uh, it has been uh, a, a revenue model uh, issue that they're, they're looking to, to shift. Uh, and so these are a, a number of the factors behind the uh, what's really more than a name change uh, and, and is really about what they are trying to turn into a fundamental business change. And it is important that it isn't just a VR story. I think they were pretty explicit about that during the the Facebook Connect event. Uh, Zuckerberg said, quote, it's not that the metaverse is going to completely replace something that comes before it, but it's the next platform. In that sense, it's not a thing that a company builds. It's a broader platform that I think we're all going to be contributing towards. So he sees the metaverse and, and as something much broader than just Facebook and communications and VR, and that it will be a place that we can access both from a, a VR experience in our home, but also importantly from mobile devices if we're on the go or from other what I'll call 2D devices that we might have at our disposal. So he sees it as being, uh, you know, if you will, web maybe 4.0. This is the next iteration of what the internet looks like. And so they spend a fair amount of time building out that thesis during the the Facebook Connect, at least during his uh, what were ultimately pre-recorded uh, calls from his uh, you know from his home. So I see them you know building that out. Uh, they talked about the uh, introduction of Horizon Home and Horizon Work. So these are going to be places that you could access from uh, in like a, a home type setting or of horizon work is a place where maybe it it uh, exists with the type of work that we're doing uh, we've all become comfortable doing video conference calls on zoom teams meet what it, what have you but we all somewhat complain about them you know we talk about the the, the inability for them to fully replicate an in-person experience and i, I think uh, the company formerly known as Facebook sees the metaverse as uh, an environment where you could do some real-time collaborative work and have a uh, close to in-person experience. And so they they really want to bring that in. They also see a AR being a big piece of, of this. Uh, they teased some new augmented reality glasses that are probably a couple of years away they teased a, a new high-end VR headset that uh, you know may be coming soon, uh, but uh, but probably is a few years away from really seeing uptake. I, I always felt like, you know, when you look back at the pandemic, what was the one technology that wasn't adopted as quickly as we might have expected? I think VR makes a lot of sense given how much we're doing in, in video. Uh, I think having a, a more natural human experience as much as you can through an internet connection makes a lot of sense. And so I think there is a lot of potential for a meta 
universe. Uh, when I talk to my kids, they fully anticipate being able to shop online in a virtual setting. They in, envision, you know, sharing uh, a virtual environment with friends. Facebook talked about the ability to bring people together to co-watch videos. And that's a lot of what's already happening with younger generations. They're sharing TikToks. They're sharing other videos on, on platforms. When they're together, they're watching them together and, sh- and sharing their phones with each other. So I think the, you know to push that out into a, a metaverse. It also helps Facebook, I think, expand their ambitions in gaming which has always been a really important area for them, but is often overlooked by the the advertising revenue that they bring in. I think they see gaming as a key opportunity for them. It keeps people on a platform, which is attractive to advertisers. And so there's a, a lot of investment going into gaming as they look at uh, Metaverse. They talked about having a Oculus gaming showcase in 2022. And, and Zuckerberg talked about some of the, the games and they showed examples of games playing basketball in VR together with some friends, fencing with somebody in VR who's remote, uh, playing chess with a friend over augmented reality. So g- gaming feels like a, a key piece of this as well. At least that's where the experiment will start. I think uh, it's important to distinguish between whether this will happen and what is Facebook's or Meta's role in making it happen and, and where they emerge uh, at, at the end of the day, assuming uh, this can happen. You know, there's been discussion about uh, this development of, of these worlds, certainly in science fiction for you know, many years, Ready Player One, uh, etc., cetera, uh, Snow Crash. There's been uh, you know, more, more recent signs of it happening both through smartphones and uh, the the headsets and the smart glasses, which continue to get lighter and less expensive and more powerful and more comfortable and less conspicuous. So it's kind of easy to see that trajectory. Uh, One of the concerns that, that I have about Facebook is that if you think about a lot of the other big tech companies, they have uh, in, in many ways, all, maybe not all, but, but cert- certainly some of them have uh, managed to reinvent themselves organically uh, over the course of their existence, right? Certainly Apple uh, is, is a great example. I mean, you can say that they just basically traded phones for computers, and you know, we can argue whether that's really a fundamentally different model. Uh, but now, you know, as, as uh, you've mentioned uh, several times, and we've discussed about how they're trying to actually shift more towards services now. Amazon has gone from a retailer uh, to a company that is in all different kinds of businesses, notably AWS from a, from a profit perspective. Uh, Google still has fundamentally the same model, although uh, certainly, from its early days, you know, it became a powerhouse in mobile, uh, you know, with with uh, Android and, and and Chrome OS and things like that. With Facebook, I really uh, have not seen it as much. Uh, they, you know, they have grown through acquisition, and I I, I think that there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of truth to the argument that they have been instrumental in helping Instagram uh, to grow and, uh, and and grow well beyond what what it was when they acquired it. Uh, but but most of the stuff that they have tried building in house uh, has really not taken off. Uh, you could you could say that they were more experimental kinds of projects, you know, these little apps here and there, uh, trying to replicate features that were in, in other uh, apps and so forth. But, uh, but, but they really haven't uh, really uh, extended far beyond uh, what, what the core proposition of what Facebook the services and what Instagram the services. So, so the question is, you know, I think under the best circumstances, given the ambition of what they're what they're trying to pull off, there would be reason for skepticism. But my other concern is just that the, the track record isn't there. And and even if they can manage to build all of this, right? And and certainly they have uh, not only the the financial resources but the membership ready to go if if they can convince them uh, to to make the move, it's still not clear to me how it necessarily changes many of the ills that, that the service has today. Uh, I mean, you're still talking about massive communities. You're talking about the, the potential for sharing. You're talking about the potential for, for disinformation, you know, for, for different kinds of, uh, uh, you know, body image concerns. So, um, you know, how how is quote Facebook in VR? And uh, uh, I'll, I'll accept that maybe an oversimplification uh, better than Facebook not not in VR. Uh, I, I think it's one of the questions they're they're going to kind of have have to answer. Come on, Ross. Facebook in every aspect of your life. What could possibly go wrong? Beyond my life, in, in, in whole, they have to invent a whole new part of my life now to uh, mm. to to be part of outside of the real world. So, what could what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, you know. Well, so. you know, I, no, seriously though. I mean, you look at communities, VR communities that we've yeah. had in the past. There have been a lot of issues with bullying, uh, and um, you know, where where there are personalities. Uh, and humans, there, uh, there's the potential for for abuse and uh, malfeasance, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think what you're suggesting is that you need strong policing of these environments. And the question is, uh, might might uh, you know Facebook not be a strong enough uh, policing agent? And their track records certainly suggest that. Um, not only are they not quick to, to police some aspects of these environments, but they actually exacerbate the problem. So uh, I, I do think that is a, you know, a, a challenge that sits in their future. And Zuckerberg kind of hits some of that head on saying, you know, we recognize that there's still a lot of issues in the present and we need to focus on those. But at the same time, you need to look at uh, the the future too and you need to you know build out the the future that you want and that's their uh, you know their goal here 
And I do think it could be interesting to see if it is successful, are there services that they can start to bring? So they highlighted a bunch of fitness type services. Could that become uh, an interesting role for them? They even talked about it being, uh, in one example, I think Zuckerberg referred to it as Peloton without a bike. So, you know, could, are, are they alluding to uh, this is what the next service might look like? We're going to, you know, be an active service provider in things like online fitness, and we're going to have a different take on it, and you're, you're going to have to somehow pay for it. I, I do think, to your argument, though, that Facebook hasn't really been very successful at monetizing things beyond traditional advertising, at least not that I, you know, really see them uh, doing. And so could they create an environment where its subscription model is out where they want to go? Apple has obviously been quite successful at at, uh, moving to a subscription model. Could Facebook do it? I would argue even Google is getting there and moving in that direction. And if you think of some of the properties underneath the alphabet name, they definitely, I think, are going to move in that direction, whether it's self-driving, uh, you know, car service, uh, YouTube music, YouTube, both have subscription services, even G Suite is a subscription service. So the Pixel Path, Pixel Path, a bigger one. Yeah. So I, it, it will be interesting to see if they can, uh, you know, can move the market uh, which is what they're really trying to do here, and also be a valuable contributor and, and player in that metaverse. I think when you look at the Quest store uh, and the Oculus store, which, uh, by the way, seems is going to uh, inherit the the meta brand. So for this brief moment in time, you have this corporate entity that's different from any of the product names, but... Uh, it will not be long before one of the product names inherits the the corporate brand. Uh, you can see how they're trying to set up for that, right? It is there are it is an app store, and and there are just so many cues they have taken from the app store, and uh, it is their way of selling games and services and and all kinds of uh, digital enhancements that are. Uh, outside of the the control of uh, of Apple and Google, so so if for no other reason, uh, it's it's easy to see why they are so eager to put uh, a, a number of eggs in this basket because it, it's what sets them up for for that future. It's what sets them up to to profit uh, from digital content. Uh, the way that uh, Apple, Apple and Google have. Yeah, definitely. Especially in an environment where Apple has restricted the ability to, uh, you know, run certain types of advertisements and monetize in the way that they've been monetized. And so it's clear they need to to change directions for a number of of reasons. Uh, Speaking of Apple, they announced earnings this week, and we had a lot of earnings announcements this week. On the surface, you know, you you see kind of a negative headline. They missed Q4 revenue. Um, It was up significantly, up 29% year over year, but it was below uh, estimates. And uh, the, the stock was down as a result of that. 
Tim Cook said that they estimate that they lost more than $6 billion during the quarter as a result of supply chain disruptions and constraints, and they expect the loss in the holiday quarter, which is their fiscal Q1, to actually be even more severe, that they'll lose even more than $6 billion due to supply chain constraints. So we're seeing a major impact of supply chain, supply chain constraints on companies like Apple, even that they aren't able to avoid it. Uh, at the same time, though, we saw Q4 revenue for Max up 1.6% year over year, the highest level ever uh, of over $9 billion in Max sales. So number of their product categories did well, despite the fact that they didn't quite uh, live up to expectations. Yeah, this is uh, a good validation of the market acceptance of M1. Uh, was also another fantastic uh, quarter for iPhone. Some of their newer businesses uh, also doing well, services doing well, uh, wearables dragged down a little bit uh, by the maturity of AirPods. That's something we've seen for uh, a couple of quarters, but now, I mean, we'll, we'll see what uh, the supply situation looks like, but you've got a new model of uh, AirPods uh, just announced at a higher ASP than the uh, the original ones were going at. It could be a good up, upgrade target for people whose uh, AirPods, uh, the, you know, the battery has finally bit the dust. They've had them for a few years, but they don't necessarily want to go in for the full uh, AirPods uh, Pro price. And um, probably the biggest update to the Apple Watch uh, we've seen in, in several generations. So uh, I think we can expect uh, acceptance of, of those wearable categories to uh, continue to do well for them this, uh, this holiday season. Ross, you hit on it. Uh, subscription services up significantly, grew uh, up 160 million subscribers year over year, 745 million subscribers. Uh, so you saw that significantly. Good growth overseas. China was up 83%. Yeah, Europe was up 23%. So you had strong growth overseas, uh, which is a, a good sign. Yeah, talk, talk about Peloton without the Peloton. You know, Apple is essentially already offering that in, in Fitness Plus with, with the Apple Watch. But, but you know, it, it, it could be more interesting in, in VR. So Yeah, well, and I think also you got to imagine that at some point Apple uh, entertains the idea of bringing out hardware to coincide with their Fitness Plus offering. That wouldn't be surprising at all. I mean, that has been a big growth area actually for uh, MediaTek. Uh, they have sort of considered it one of their core categories is connected fitness equipment. Yeah, so we could definitely see uh, more happening there. In other earnings news from the week, we saw that Amazon also missed with their Q3 revenue. It, it was up 15% year over year to $110.8 billion, but that was uh, below estimates as well. Uh, they also missed on their net income, which was down from $6.3 billion a year ago to $3.2 billion this year. Uh, so you had a, a decline there. Probably supply chain 
related as well. I think also a sign of slowing demand. We saw consumer spending during the third quarter was only up 1.6% after growing over 11% last quarter. So you had uh, a slowdown, a clear slowdown in consumer spending. And I think Amazon uh, was was subject to that and felt that. Uh, certainly some of their businesses did quite well. You alluded to AWS and that uh, did quite well. Net sales of $16.1 billion during the quarter, that's up 39%. And I think what's most interesting from the Amazon report was that their other segment, which is often, uh, for, for the most part, is ads and other things, that was up 50% on a year-over-year basis. And uh, subscription services were up about 24% on a year-over-year basis. So I think this ad business for Amazon is a, a really interesting segment to watch. It has the potential to grow. They don't talk a lot about it. They don't tout it. But uh, it has the potential, I think, to really be a, a major source of revenue for them. And I think it's something that probably Meta, uh, company formerly uh, known as Facebook, is is cognizant of and is looking at and, and seeing that they need to move beyond their, you know, their traditional revenue. So, you know, in, in both Apple and Amazon's case, it's like you you get a good quarter in some ways, but not quite good enough. To, uh, to satisfy Wall Street. Their stock was also down on the news initially. Uh, yeah, also in, in other cloud news, we saw uh, Alphabet and uh, Microsoft report this week, uh, very strong demand, very strong growth in, in both of their uh, cloud uh, divisions. Uh, Microsoft also reporting uh, strong demand continuing in, the, uh, in, in, in their gaming uh, segment uh, with uh, Xbox uh, Series X, despite uh, uh, one one of the being in, in perhaps one of the categories where supply chain issues uh, and chip shortages have uh, made it one of the most elusive products at uh, at retail. But uh, but as we saw when uh, you know Sony reported that they had sold their 10 millionth PlayStation Five. Uh, somebody's managing to get their their hands on them. So I think you know, I think they're selling uh, ten million PlayStation fives to about fifteen people, uh, but uh, who are who are who are reselling them. But uh, but but yeah, they're they're definitely going out the door. Yeah, if you can get your hands on a PlayStation five in the coming months, get it because uh, there will be a strong secondary market. Uh, and that could go for a lot of other products too. We're going to be sure. in, in short supply as we head into the holiday season. So uh, if you see something you want, buy it uh, early. We also saw earnings announcements this week from Spotify, uh, really a, a blockbuster quarter for them. Revenue was up 27% year over year. Premium users rose 19% year over year. Ad sales were up 75%. Uh, and they also, interestingly, cited Edison Research and their own internal data to claim that they are the most used podcast platform in the U.S. And they say they've got 3.2 million podcasts. Clearly, they've uh, made a big push into podcasts. I think they've done some really interesting things. They bought Anchor, and uh, we push this podcast out using Anchor and, and always have from the, the beginning. 
And it's interesting now because when I go into the Anchor dashboard, you see the ability to add in polls and add in other things that are only available on the Spotify network, but they're offering new interesting ways, I think, to interact with listeners on the, uh, the, the Spotify network. Now, when you look at our stats, uh, Spotify is not leading as the number one listening platform for TechSpansive. So we must be, uh, oh, we seem to be over indexing with, with Apple if this uh, research is correct. But that's a, a pretty bold claim for Spotify to make um, as we look at uh, where podcasts go. In one final earnings note from the the week, we saw Samsung announce blockbuster earnings as well during the quarter, largely driven by their their semiconductor business, as the demand for that has increased and prices have have risen for everything. You know, you think about not just the the fab capacity that they have and use for all the semiconductor manufacturers and designers, but also the memory that they produce, the screens that they produce. So strong demand for devices over the last year, and Samsung has benefited from that. Now, they've also had a a good story to tell around the foldables, where sales have been up both for the the Fold 3, uh, which is the larger one, and the uh, Z Flip, uh, which is the smaller one that evokes the uh, the flip phones of the uh, of the 90s and uh, it's not surprising because the prices have been lower on both of those models than they were in uh, previous uh, iterations of those products but uh, uh, but it's interesting to see greater acceptance of those those form factors uh, and of course Samsung uh, still has significant uh, differentiation and and certainly in terms of the larger uh, version of of, uh, that form factor essentially has the market uh, to itself so uh, they're uh, they're continuing to to drive those uh, that that direction they've um, I think uh, been willing to make some sacrifices in terms of uh, putting the note uh, on hiatus, if not canceling it outright, uh, in order to free up some, uh, some room, some, uh, some, um, uh, a, a little bit, give, 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 uh, these, uh, these foldables more, more, more of a runway, uh, to, uh, to take off. And how long until we see others really enter the, the foldable space? How long does Samsung get to kind of own that world by themselves? When will we see an iPhone foldable? When will we see a Pixel foldable or some other Google foldable? Well, there there are, you know, hints and whispers uh, is about the, the best uh, description you can give. TCL has been showing the, uh, you know, different designs that they've had underway for, for some time. They were apparently close to releasing something this year. Uh, and uh, and ultimately decided against it. Um, you know, we have seen a few uh, Chinese brands, uh, Huawei and uh, and Xiaomi, uh, show off uh, foldable designs, but nothing that has uh, really reached North America on a uh, on, on a, a large scale yet. You you do have Motorola in the market with with another flip uh, device uh, and. Uh, and perhaps uh, one of the, the best signs is that 
Google uh, has been working on a, a new, what they're calling now, feature drop uh, for Android called uh, 12L, coming on the heels of Android 12. Uh, that includes uh, better support for foldables and larger screens. Uh, so uh, it seems as if uh, that, that's, that's a good uh, omen that uh, we, we can expect more of these uh, products to be entering the uh, the market soon, at, at least on the Android side. We did see uh, worldwide smartphone shipments for the third quarter slip uh, 6.7%, that uh, according to IDC. So the strong double-digit growth that we were seeing at the beginning of the year has now has slowed. Inevitably, some of that is being driven by supply chain constraints. And uh, I, I've seen that as well, people delaying purchases because they aren't able to get them immediately or because they they are just uh, holding off. So uh, we could see some of that uh, pick up, but it looks like it likely we'll have some supply chain constraints hurt that in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, at the same time, you did see that Google uh, is announcing a new phone this, uh, this year with in partnership with India's Reliance Geo, it will launch for $87. And so uh, Google seeing that as a as an interesting market also builds off of the uh, investment that they made in, uh, in Geo uh, some time ago. And I believe Qualcomm was also an investor in Geo. And so therefore, not, not a big surprise to see their chips uh, driving uh, this device, uh, it is, of course, a very uh, aggressively priced uh, Android device, uh, s- relatively small screen, uh, five, I think, five and a half inches, somewhere in there, uh, but, uh, but really optimized for the market. There's been a lot of focus, for example, on translation, uh, trying to give uh, far more of the Indian population access to content that... Uh, is is not in English, um, uh, so or I'm sorry that that is in English uh, and which uh, could be uh, translated into uh, languages that that the owner uh, would would uh, better understand. So uh, you know this was this was a project that had been discussed for quite some time, uh, and um, uh, you know maybe there were supply issues holding that back, but. Uh, particularly when you're talking about a market that huge, uh, it's going to be worth uh, Google's time to uh, do, invest some effort, uh, even significant effort, into uh, optimizing uh, Android uh, for, uh, for the market. So Geo, of course, has been a major disruptor uh, in, in the Indian market. Uh, and uh, this phone is really designed to get a lot of the uh, population that has been using 2G phones for primarily voice uh, and uh, try to to get them online. It's still kind of expensive, even at uh, what is essentially eighty-seven dollars for that. Uh, you know, the market. Yeah, for the, for at least a segment of the market. But um, it is interesting to see Google and and Qualcomm and others, you know, driving in this market. So. We'll inevitably hear more of this in the future. That is probably a great place to close this week's episode of Techspansive. Again, I'm Sean Dubervac, and you can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac. 
and I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. Thanks for listening. <laughs>